What if our capacity to imagine has been so badly damaged by the information climate of our times that destruction is all we can see? What if deforming our ability to imagine the present is precisely what governments and power structures do to control us? And what if I told you we have the power to change this? I believe we do. To seize this power requires a radical change in perspective, however. To do so, we need to take one tool being vandalized before our very eyes, language, and reclaim it and redefine what it means to be an ethical citizen in the present moment. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to this channel of my podcast, Words for Now and Later. Those words that I just shared with you are not my words. They are from Mr. John Freeman in his recent early 2020 published book, Dictionary of the Undoing. If you're new to this channel of my podcast, I recommend that you go back to the first episode. Uh, A is for agitate and uh, learn a little bit about what I am doing in this channel. Today, though, we are on letter K. Now, the letter K has particular meaning for me because my last name starts with K. So this is a letter that I have always uh, been associated with. But I'll be honest with you, listeners, that this is a tough letter. But in many ways, I think it is a letter that um, is most relevant and most recognizable, really, in this time period that we are in. It is K for killing. And I'll just say up front that we're in a time of death right now where we're seeing what is the number today? 130,000 Americans have died from COVID. 50,000 plus new cases are being uh, tested and measured every day. And of course, the uprising for racial justice that we are in the midst of started this time, at least, with the killing of Mr. George Floyd. So I think this is particularly apt to reflect on. Now, Mr. Freeman, writing before the pandemic, before this period that we are in, um, takes a broader look at killing. And I think that's important for us to understand the foundation of our nation, the foundation of our society, the very fabric which we have where killing fits into that. So here are his words. He begins this chapter by saying that many of us have benefited from killing. Animals for food, product testing on small animals, sweatshops and human trafficking, and products of just many types. On page 65, he says, quote, If we live in the West, the price of just about every good and service has been pressed down by killing. On page 66, he says, If we got a shock every time we touched an object touched by killing, we would be electrified constantly. Like Ferris wheels, we circle our days illuminated by the power of other invisible bodies in pain. He goes on to say that we look the other way as unions are destroyed. We don't look to see where our products come from. We hide the violence of our consumption. And we have this stylized violence in our movies and music. And it reduces our attention on the actual killing that is going on around us. 
He says on page 68, quote, note that the world's only remaining superpower also possesses the most well-articulated myth of exceptional moral value in the world. Let us ask ourselves why a country built on the back of stolen labor and in essence, torture and killing needs such a thing needs such a thing. This well-articulated myth of exceptional moral value. He goes on to tell us that we can make choices in our purchasing. And of course, the internet gives us many tools for this. Quote, corporations are abstract beings. And just as we keep our distance from sociopaths, so should we keep our distance from companies acting like them. Page 69. Corporation and governments are killing in our name because every time they get caught doing it, they claim to be protecting our ways of life. They talk about their dedication to their consumers. They rarely say shareholders publicly, corporations, because that would raise too many questions. And that's on page 69. He goes on to remind us, and this is a common theme throughout this work by Mr. John Freeman. He says, there are many, many more of us than there are of them. And by that, he means citizens. By that, he means you and I. And he reminds us, and I think this is so important, because ultimately, his entire work, this entire podcast channel that I'm doing, is about hope. Remember, H was for hope. And he says, if you have ever watched power crumble, you know it happens very suddenly. One day, a wall is up, and the next it is coming down. One day, a powerful man is untouchable. The next, he is finally being called to account for raping women he was supposed to employ. One day, a company's stock value is worth billions. The next day, it is in bankruptcy because it lost the trust of the market. That's page 70 and 71. And finally, he concludes the chapter again on a hopeful note. He says, if we begin to say in small groups and bigger ones that the killing has to stop, we'll be surprised how far we get and what it feels like not to be standing up to our ankles in the blood of others. And that's on page 71. I'm going to pause here for a short break. I ask you to stay with me through the break for a little quick reflection on where we are and and what these words give to us and how we can move forward into the world that we want to create after this time period. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So I am struck by the words that Mr. Freeman gives us about the rate that things and walls and people and stocks can crumble. If you're of a certain age, like I am, you remember the Berlin Wall crumbling and how fast that happened. If you're younger and you were not alive or you were too young to remember, it was amazing because I remember very distinctly, I was in college at the time, that um, in the Eastern countries, the Soviet bloc countries behind the Iron Curtain, freedom started to begin. People were allowed in one country or another, maybe Hungary, maybe Poland, 
to suddenly start to move across borders. And then within days, within weeks, literally, the Berlin Wall was down. And I think we need images, symbols, reminders of that at this moment. And we're seeing that. We're seeing monuments, statues come down in my very own city. The uh, statue of Columbus that was in front of our city hall is gone. It is no more because people stood up because you and I, there's more of us than there are of those who support having a statue like that because we spoke out, we marched, we wrote, we made phone calls. We did that. And I'm not going to say that this is going to be easy, taking down monuments and taking down monuments and statues is only a beginning, really. But it makes a difference. You know, I just saw yesterday that the Washington Redskins football team is most likely going to rename themselves. And it was corporate pressure, their sponsors, that put this on to them. And that, I think, is an important point in this um, section this letter by Mr. Freeman, that we must exercise economic pressure. There must be boycotts. There must be research that we can do to know who to support and who not to support. We're seeing that right now with Facebook, right? Advertisers pulling um, support because Facebook is vehemently not regulating lies and falsehoods and hate speech on their platform, unlike Twitter, who has begun to do that. We're seeing that at times with uh, Fox News, people pulling advertising. And that makes a difference. But that's something you and I can do. And with the internet, there's plenty of resources that can help us. And I'm going to put some of those on the uh, blog post that will go with this episode. My blog is edtechemergent.com. Recommend that you check that out because I will give you some apps and some suggestions about places you can go to see the companies, the products that you are buying, who is they, who are they, excuse me, supporting? Where is their money going? What are they doing? And do you want to support that or not? And I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. I just read of POTUS 45's speech at Mount Rushmore this controversial um, monument that is beloved by many in this nation, but it's on land that was stolen from a native people. And last night's gathering, that was controversial itself because of no social distancing and no mask requirements. POTUS 45, by the accounts that I read, was incendiary, which is not a surprise, but it was about monuments and defending monuments and protecting monuments. Now, I will say that this is um, not apparently in his speech that he gave. He didn't talk about uh, people dying of COVID, people that we should be protecting, that his government should be protecting the death that is happening there. No, it was about preserving a heritage, a way of life, monuments. But again, there are more of us than there are of them. And we are seeing monuments crumble. But there are examples of monuments, memories that we can support and that should be supported. I'm thinking of the museum in the South 
and I'll put a link to this on my blog that preserves soil from every town and city where there was a documented lynching of a black man or woman back in the pre-civil rights era. And those are the monuments that we should have. Those are what we should uphold. And I hope and it seems that the movement is starting for more and more of that. So I record this on Independence Day. It is a complicated day. It is a difficult time for us. But remember that if K is for killing, Mr. Freeman goes on to the next letter. L is for love. And we'll get to that. But first, I think we have to be here where we are in this moment. But yet there is hope. Because again, if you're young, find the videos of the Berlin Wall crumbling. Find those stories of a powerful person like Harvey Weinstein taken down by the truth. And let's be about that truth. Let's be about that movement for, for love, which again, we will get to in this walk through the alphabet. So I hope that this has been challenging. I thank you for your listening and let's, let's be about independence, independence for all. Thanks for listening. Blessings and peace.